commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright side of the galaxy, I'm Greg Scundat, and you're listening to Core World News. Your holiday news show will be left covered for the latest stories from around the galaxy. Welcome to a Core World News special event. This week, we celebrate the release of Star Wars Visions with a roundtable discussion of all nine episodes. As the Force wills it, here he is, Ben, Grant, and Adam. Thank you so much, Greg. Yes. Welcome, uh, everyone, to another week of Core World News. Uh, very excited to be here today. Um, always excited, honestly, but this one, hoo-ree! Uh Star Wars Visions, we're going to just cover that today. Uh, just came out, nine mini-episodes um, of all different grandeur and aesthetics and creative minds and uh, storytelling, and uh, we're just going to get into it. So let's just start right now. That's enough, you know, um, banter. Uh, let's just do it. Who's... <laughs> Uh, favorite favorite episode. We'll go uh, round robin here. One of you guys jump in. All right, well, I'll go. Because um, th- mine also feels like a cop out because I the duel the the, ah. the duel. I know. I this is why I wanted to jump in because I knew I was going to say I have lots of favorites, sandbag. Adam. But yeah, I have a few as well. Because um, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. It, there's there's like three in my mind that are tied for first, but this is like I just kind of want like first gut reaction. And because I was watching this and I was just like, I, I don't know how to say this. this is going to sound like a, like either a backhanded compliment or an, in, or just a straight up insult. But like, I loved this so much when I was watching this first one. I'm like, I cannot wait for the rest of these because I thought this is what I was going to get for all of them. And then I was very happy. We got a lot of variety, like so many colors of the anime rainbow. Um, and, but I just, I, I love the animation style. I love the story. I love the monotone, the use of colors, like, I, like everything about this this episode, I really just loved. It really, it felt like Kurosawa. It looked like Kurosawa. Like, I mean, it's everything you can you can imagine. I I, I don't I won't say a ton more, but I, we'll get more into it. I'm sure. But I just I really loved the duel, and I'm so excited. Um, you know, they're they're releasing a book that takes place in this world. Really? In a few weeks, and it's a continuation or a further exploration of the duel. So there's a novel of this world that's been created. So. I did not know that. That's yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Information. It's it's tough to do your all time favorite because I mean, yeah. duel duel would definitely be in my top three for all time favorite, but it definitely wins in aesthetic. Like it's definitely aesthetically, yeah. I think, the prettiest of all of them, just yeah. in terms of being monochromatic and having the the film grain and the the scratches mm-hmm. and the and the uh you know the lens junk and it just looked awesome like just that that style of black and white and then the the certain usage of color right like the droids yes. lights with the lightsabers or the blaster bolts and that stuff was well, awesome and then rebleeds around the town or like different yep. colors. Amazing. always these little like points of light oh, and color yeah uh no and then also the characters i mean like wow like what a showcase of character work in that piece uh especially the ronin and showing that sort of like you know, it's not General Grievous and the collecting of sabers, but the collecting of red kyber crystals. Like, mm-hmm. that is yeah. really, really fascinating. That's a great, it's almost like uh, ser- like a serial story, much like the Mandalorian and Grogu. It's like this guy collecting, you know, um, crystals, like red crystals. That is, that's pretty cool. That's a, that could be a running show that has legs. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, and so I'm excited for the book. And he yeah. had a lot, and you know he gives it <laughs> away. Yeah. So yeah. He's done been doing that for a minute. I mean, what yeah. a cool story that is. 
apparently wards off evil. Uh, mm-hmm. He says that at one point. Um, yeah. That's pretty cool. And then, dude, another Fast and the Furious callback, Tokyo Drift callback. We mentioned it last week. Brian T. <laughs> is voice, voices the Ronin. Oh, uh, that's no funny. I didn't he's in. Uh, for the, he's yeah. the English voice. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then Lucy Liu is the bandit leader. And uh, yeah. Yeah. what a phenomenal performance from her. Yeah, I didn't key into it's funny because it's so great hearing about this because I I was just kind of watching these like you would just a normal TV show. And then about like I think it was the the twins episode where I'm like, oh, I should start paying attention to who's voicing these things. Right. And so I missed these yeah. first couple of ones. So it's it's good. I forgot to go back and double check. But it is is they got a pretty impressive voice cast for the English uh, versions. And I'm sure for the for the Japanese as well. Yeah. Yeah, and the droid. I mean, come on, we can't. Oh, heart B five. Talk about B five. Every droid should have. Every astromech should have like a like pin needle rocket battery, just they can just deploy pin needle rockets. I think those <laughs> are very useful. Birds. Oh right, that's right. They oh, are. Oh, totally. It's like what time period they take in, but I'm pretty sure this feels Mandoverse, like uh, New Republic era to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, feel like that. Yeah. Because it's we, like, you know, there's like the way that the armor is on like the bandits. It's yeah, like, but, but cannon's yeah. kind of stretchy here because uh, like I do see TFA. Like I do see like Force Awakens helmets in those in the bandit yeah. armor so, design as well. You know, so, I thought I saw one or two as yeah. well. So yeah. I, yeah, I guess it could be um, it could be after all that, which would be cool as that well. That might be worth talking about for a second since you brought it up. Um, they have officially stated this. These are non-canon stories. Oh, OK. Um, which I love. I think that's great because it frees the storytellers up because trying to some of these fit or slot really nicely into I can see this right. story slotting into right like I could see this being canon like I think you can I think there's going to be decisions at, as we always do with canon at some point. Of right. Like, right. This one's canon. That one's not. Um, and like something I noticed is that there was some terminology that was a little like like occasionally they would would say something about the Republic when it was more about the empire. And then my brain, which is all about trying to fix Canon and star Wars, which is just like, cause I, I grew, I was a nineties kid. So I read yeah. all of the nineties books about like, Oh, well this is, can be explained by this. Like I was figured out why, uh, right. um, splinter of the mind's eye actually is a Canon book. <laughs> um, which is like, oh, well, they just, you know, the world word didn't get out to the to some of the planets. So they just interchangeably use, you know, uh, Republic with Empire. Right. I wonder, you know, they how <laughs> what would these look like if they had to be canon? You know, you yeah. have to think it would really like rein in their creative abilities. Yes. Yeah. And I just, you know, that says something that I think. You know, people Lucasfilm should think about. I do. I mean, I love canon. I love the organization of it. Like, this is my favorite thing that everything's like that happened. Everything aligns. But it's interesting. I I don't know. I just want I think I feel like Lucasfilm sometimes really boxes in their people because they're so they have such a tight fist on uh, on canon police. It's like you can do this and that, but we're saving this for so and so. And I mean, I guess you've got to be that way. But still seeing them off the reins, a lot of these could have been canon like in my head i can you know like you said adam i can totally wrangle these into canon easily this could totally slot i mean it would it would it would make the galaxy larger in a great way Um, yeah we're all canon and i think they could they could be 
Um, if I could just go back to this episode and like what went on in it, just a couple of things. First of all, like because there were so many moments. Like the first time I watched it, I was just like, oh yeah, Kurosawa, that's pretty cool, and like this is great, and I liked it a lot. And then I watched it the second time, and I was like, and I really was like keeping my eye on all the details. And I still, and I watched the third time, and I still have missed things because I'm seeing um, on Wikipedia right now that there's Easter eggs, and I totally it was extremely them. high detail. I would say it's probably the most high detail of yeah. uh, episode in in all nine episodes. Right, yeah. and there's so much, and it's all moving. It's just like this beautiful, like evolving, like black and white photo. It's just or uh, black and white sketch drawing, and it's just gorgeous. But um, all right, another one of my favorite parts are the guards. So there's guards of this town, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is, I guess, a very Seven Samurai ish thing. And they, a lot of them, use it. They also every yeah, episode, Jimbo, pretty, Seven Samurai, yeah, yeah, right. And and a, a lot of them, uh, actually, I think every episode they say, uh, I have a bad feeling about this, which is corny yeah. and cute at the same time. I yeah, mean, kind I'm of, all for it. It's uh, funny. It's funny you say none of this is canon, Adam, because my my favorite episode of all these. Uh, the elder seems to like, almost dance around canon in like a strange way where it might. Yeah. If, oh, if it doesn't I, have, if it doesn't, if we can disregard canon, would it, I, it could make a lot of sense that the elder character would just be Sith. You know what I mean? Yeah. Agreed. I think kind of probably what they probably, they gave each of the studios the directive of like, make a star Wars story. Don't worry about canon. And I guarantee you there are star Wars fans who wrote some of these and some of them probably did hold themselves right to canon more than others right. yeah. so i feel like probably what will happen knowing star wars fans having watched star wars fans for three decades try to wrestle with canon will go through and say this is canon this isn't ca-. like they will you know what i'm saying yeah. like they will decide what fits in and what it's doesn't kind of like, crowdsource yeah. then yeah pablo this, will sort of be like okay yeah. people have spoken and make a decision yeah because half of these do and then you have something like the twins but, which, but, good but luck before, trying before to wrestle that to to, before we jump to the next person's favorite or uh the elder or anything like that i what do you guys think of that lightsaber umbrella like the lightsaber <laughs> or the bandits uh, uh, awesome and and grant i want to actually spend some more time with this the, yeah. I mean, if we have to talk about this episode for 30 minutes i'm prepared to talk about <laughs> no the duel is very important i think it's a milestone in star wars animation yeah. like i am yeah i'm loving i, I want a full length movie yeah, style yeah. with these characters. Oh my god, I, I want a Agreed. series that never ends, and I'll yeah. just have it on every screen that's near me at all times. Yeah. So can, can we agree it's this episode that you'd want the movie? You'd want you yes. want the movie to be based on this episode of uh, episode. Uh, the Ninth Jedi sorry. was quite good too. The Ninth Jedi was my yeah. runner-up. Yeah, was uh, was real good. There's really good ones, but I also like the Elder as well. Like I, I don't know. There's a lot. Yeah. All right. At the end of this podcast, we're budgeted for one movie based on the <laughs> animation storytelling of one of these episodes. And we'll oh, based on animation and storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. Both I mean, combined. This, so this was going to be my fave, my fave too. And so I actually prepared because I didn't think you would pick this one um, either. It of interesting. Um, so, but uh, so I just I did take so, notes on this. First of all, the guard. Or actually, we we didn't answer your question, Grant, about the lightsaber. You're talking about the yeah, lightsaber the that comes out of the. Yeah. Um, the like, para- yeah. parasol the parasol kind of oh the yeah. parasol yeah. One. all right yeah, yeah i thought that was cool because it unplugged and like became a regular lightsaber like yeah. it was like yeah. a cool like aesthetic crazy thing to like intimidate people if she actually tried to fight with a parasol with like 10 lightsabers on it <laughs> probably been a little out on it 
Um, but the fact that it was like, no, 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 this is just an augmentation. Like that's such a cool evolution of the concept of the lightsaber, which is a yeah. reoccurring theme in these, uh, these episodes. Sure. Yeah. Uh, as for, as for the Ronin's lightsaber, you were going to, you're going to speak on that. Yeah. So I noticed something, the th I caught something the third time. So first of all, when we see him unsheath it, it's a red lightsaber. All right, cool. Nice. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but he, he, he draws his lightsaber like it's an actual like katana. Yeah. And, um, which is like why. But if you notice, and I think he does he have another couple like swords on his um yes. he has uh, like the, the, the shorter uh yeah sword like and the long the long yeah. katana. Oh uh, no, I forget what it's shuto. Um yeah, so when he's um in the fight and he gets knocked over the edge, he pulls a lightsaber just enough out of a thing and it's blue and he blocks the lightsaber with like he like just unsheaths the likes the probably the shuto i guess i mean unless it was a just a weird creative decision or a mistake like um and he and blocks the the lightsaber thing and gets knocked over with like a blue lightsaber so that was mm. cool but then if you notice like when he actually kills um the sith bandit leader uh lucy Liu. Uh, so he puts his lightsaber in the statue's hands. He kills her with his um, scabbard. I, I don't know what else it would be called. I don't know what it's called in Japanese. Um, but the the actual scabbard, like a lightsaber comes out of that. Mm. And that's what he pierces her heart with. Um, so yeah, that's a pretty sweet move. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. It was like it, there's definitely a lot of like kurosawa like japanese styling going on on all the characters for like aesthetic choice i love the like um the bamboo hat on our on oh, yeah so yeah great look um great ronin hat and then just like you know all of them even like the bandits that have customized their um their stormtrooper helmets with like wider like sun um yeah. shields on the outside it all looks very like um, ancient Japanese. That, that Imperial Protocol droid and then uh, that Trandoshan looked okay. totally yeah. rad. Yeah, looks sick. So th that's the next thing. I, that's the thing I want to talk about. Just like the guards themselves, like that was the breathtaking when they popped out. So you have like a Forlom heavy. So it's like a Forlom droid. You have a Trandoshan with the coolest neck shield. He has the next best armor I've ever seen in a Trandoshan ever. It's like, it's like a jaw and neck shield. It's so cool. Yep. And he's swinging two... Uh, katanas um and then there's another grand heavy and then there's a doug driving yeah. imperial probe droid with katanas for arms yes like, that's the most metal thing i've ever seen yeah or really close to the darth vader comic book series but uh right and and we also have the tuscan raider oh, and the oh tuscan yeah, raider. there's just a tuscan raider there as part of the gang that. yeah yeah and I love the uh, the 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 tea house shopkeeper, the Sullivan mm -hmm. shopkeeper. Love yeah. that character. What a fun yeah. character to start the piece with. Yeah, he was very cool. Then a Sullivan too. They use a lot of classic, um, classic uh, species. Star Wars aliens. aliens. Yeah, Star yeah. Wars aliens. Yes, non non humans. Star Wars non humans. Yeah. Too. Um, in this one, which was a great effect because they wanted to they kept calling you back. There was a Bantha just sitting there. Mm -hmm. um, the like land crawler that the bandits were using was really cool. They made it. It, it still felt very it, it tugged on all my heartstrings <laughs> for Star Wars in the exact same way as any other Star Wars thing would do. Um, and in some ways better because it was just so fresh. Yeah. Um, 
very cool when that kind of like the firefight erupts in the village and then like a, a stray blaster bolt just like hits the the tea shop and like yeah. almost hits the Ronin and then like the Ronin gets involved after that. I was like, that's a great kind of inciting incident there. Yeah, that was an awesome moment. Yeah, there's so many like great fresh like beats in these. Um, I think I'm almost there. The Sith hairdo was amazing. Oh, yeah. Bandit was my favorite character. The Sith Bandit was, I think, my favorite character in the yeah. episode. She looks so cool. Um, just how agile she was. Uh, and sinister. Like, it, I felt Ooh. truly threatening. Like, uh, yeah. it was a fun character. Dude, well, she killed the Trandoshan with a parasol made of lightsabers. <laughs> that was the gnarliest death I think I've seen in Star Wars. Um, yeah. There was also... Pretty great. I mean, we're probably not going to talk about it enough, so I'll just say it now. The music in all of these are amazing mm -hmm. um, yeah. because they but like this one had like such beautiful nuance when the, the bandit leader and the Ronin are fighting on the log in like the river, which is like it's a, you know, water river this time. But it was very reminiscent of Duel of the Fates, like of yeah. the, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan in the, the lava river. Um, they play. It's like almost duel of the fates but they have instead of like a like classical like western european style um uh chorus they have like a japanese like more um traditional chorus singing over it and it's beautiful and it still evokes like the same sort of mm -hmm. tension um and it's fantastic yeah yeah like uh yeah i, I that's that chorus kind of work you see in like ron you know like uh Kurosawa's Ron, that music, the kind of bellowing uh, vocal chorus is uh, pretty pretty cool. Like it, it adds a lot to that fighting, that fight scene. But uh, I also just love the kind of nod to Buddhism in this episode uh, with the statue and the sort of mantras you hear in that final death scene. Um, I feel like that was that was exciting. That was exciting to see uh, a, a step towards the roots of, of it all. Uh, absolutely love that moment. Um, but that's about it, right? I think that surmises, I think, the duel for us. Is there anything else you guys want to add? Yeah. That was it, man. I covered yeah. all of this. All right. Um, well, since I already spoiled mine, I guess I'll go next. Uh, this was tough for me. I mean, at all time, great. Uh, it was tough because the Ninth Jedi is so good. Uh, the Village Bride is really, really good. And then the Elder is great. And, uh, and they're all great, actually. But it's just... I had to go with the elder, I think, because I just love the the Jedi characters that they introduce, as yeah. well as the threat. The threat felt extremely threatening. It was this kind of like uh, this kind of raw, pure darkness. This ancient, primordial darkness was the threat, and um, I feel like that's a great basis for storytelling in the future uh, for Star Wars, for saga films, or anything like that. Which is, if we're gonna dig into the past, let's find some like you know ancient dark evil threat that is, is kind of nameless and without faction right like this wasn't a sith that we these jedi were uh entangled with this was this is some kind of other dark presence and uh and then i think it's a subjective i think at the end of this film you're you're left to your own devices whether you think this was a sort of uh a sith character who had kind of become uh become this exile or this loner or if this was the force like playing tricks on them because like i, I think we see the the Jedi kind of look up to the stars at the end. And then mm -hmm. it, this could have been a trial of some kind, especially given the kind of early messaging between the master and the Padawan and how the Padawan is, is eager for action. And um, 
the master is trying, you know, reminding him of, you know, to not undermine peaceful soil and, and being in times of peace and, uh, and, and searching for stillness. They were great mantras throughout the film and great just uh, sort of mentor figure in uh, the Tajin character voiced by David Harbour. Like, yeah, we got David Harbour in the Star Wars story. Yeah. Now, who's David Harbour? Because uh, the only one I checked was the, the first one. David Harbour is is from, uh, well, he's not most well known, but he's the new Hellboy, but more more known as uh, Stranger Things. He's, he's uh, yeah, he's super, yeah. right? Yeah, he's been in a yeah. bunch of things. Lately. He's also um, uh, from he has a prominent role in Black Widow. As, oh, that's uh, right. As uh, as Guardian, right? As Red Guardian. Guardian. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, he was so great. I oh, forgot about that movie. He was great in that. You gotta rewatch that. Yeah. Um, wow, that's really funny. This is that's a departure for him. I did not pick that. I would not have picked that voice in a yeah. hundred tries. And the uh, the legendary James Hong voices the elder. Yeah. <laughs> so big shout out to James Hong. Wow. Who, always outstanding in everything he does, and uh, just loved the elder character. That was a really fun character. I it Dangerous this was that's exactly what I want to say is like there's a moment of dread in this episode that matches any other moment of dread I've ever felt with Star Wars. Like when when the apprentice is facing off, I was just like, No, no, <laughs> you're, like, you're not don't. gonna win. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean Dan? Yeah, Dan. Yeah, Dan. <laughs> I, I, I I I'm gonna call him the apprentice, but yes, Dan the apprentice. Listen, Dan's cool, but Ethan, Ethan really takes the cake. Yeah, oh, Dan uh, and Ethan. What do you yeah. think about the time period here? I mean, this has got to be higher public, right? I thought so, right? It looks like his Dan's uh, uniform, especially, looks very high republic. Yes, and um, yeah, I mean, this is, I, and he also said like we haven't seen a Sith in hundreds of years, so yeah, that would you know it's yep. within a, a you know a thousand years, um, and yep. so that, that pretty much puts it right about it. Republic, or like you know, it could be later or earlier, but I feel like the whole feel of this episode could slot right into any High Republic story, yeah, um, totally read so far. Which is, I mean, that that's an accomplishment there. It's like these all of these directors and creators of um these shorts had infinite possibilities, and yeah. to think that like they were just like, all right, we're gonna slide into High Republic, but we're going to make it a story that happens on the periphery. Some, you know, with Jedi that we don't know, just sort of like their comings and goings. And, um, cause it felt like they were in the frontier and, yep, you know, exploring there, but it didn't, uh, involve any of the major crises. It was just like a great story that this is the kind of expansion. I think there's always room for. That's yeah. the thing. I feel like all of these stories feel like what they're doing with the old canon, which is calling them legends right at this point. Yeah. But this feels like modern legends in terms of, they these all feel like they're stories being told. Yeah. Right. And so they all feel like they could be canon in that way of just like, oh, they've got, you know, bastardized or what have you over time and elements have been changed and things have been exaggerated, but they all feel and we'll talk about this maybe a little bit towards the end, they all feel very Star Wars to me. They all yeah. find a way to be a Star Wars story and tell completely different stories in completely different ways, but all hit those kind of core elements. Yeah. Those I think of these, these new might. diverse perspectives on Star Wars too, and and listening to James Wan, Kathleen Kennedy describe this this initiative, these these this series, uh, it's a celebration of Star Wars. So it's not so much yeah. you know the canon of Star Wars and any kind of continuity. It's it's a celebration of just what is Star Wars. And I think that these are extremely invigorating. Like they capture like some of the Jedi magic that I think I I've criticized the sequel trilogies of, of you know lacking 
and things like that. And uh, and like especially just the master apprentice relationship, the kind of the kind of true to form classic like the George Lucas style sort of mentor apprentice stuff. Uh, they do a great job with in this. And then the saber fights, obviously, um, it's always great when Jedi and dark side, yeah. you know, characters clash yeah. sabers. Like that's always a fun moment. And we got lots of that here. I got, this is like, a, you know, all time kind of, uh, spectacle of, of that, of the saber fights and things like that, which I loved. And especially in this episode, uh, with, between the elder and Tajin, this, this incredible Jedi master character and just that final, um, kind of lightning, uh, technique and then Tajin, mm. um, Dodging it, deactivating the saber and oh. reigniting it in the yeah. like. What a phenomenal move! Like mm-hmm. I thought, Dave Filoni would have a grin on his face watching that, given it's yeah. it's an homage to classic samurai film. Yeah, uh, and then the blocking and just the the idea to basically grapple the lightning or basically you know um, hold the lightning with the saber, uh, you know, and then deactivate. Oh, yeah. So the lightning just goes into the air and then yeah, really cool, really cool move there at the end. And, and then again, dialogue. I think this and The Village Bride, I, I and then are probably the best written episodes. The Ninth Jedi is incredibly written in terms of like its structure and plotting. It feels like an Agatha Christie kind of story. Mm. It feels like, and then there were three or whatever that book is with the, the phone and the yeah. people at the table. Um, yeah. Feels like that in terms of plotting, it's, inc- it's incredibly complex and there's really, really beautiful character moments in there. But The Elder just has some awesome kind of meditations on being a Jedi and power, like at the end when Tajin says like, you know, with power, like the apprentice is like, we shouldn't seek power. And he's like, with power, you can protect those without it. Like, however, like with everything else, it's impermanent. And I thought that was such a beautiful yeah. kind of commentary on Palpatine's entire struggle and what the whole saga films are essentially based on, which is this, this one evil character just trying to retain power. And uh, I thought that was just what a fun quote from that character. Yeah. yeah, this all makes me think about like our pillars series that we haven't picked up in a while. But I really think the most important one um, is the most long winded one. And it's um, honor what came before, yep. presage what comes after and always make the galaxy bigger. And I, I, I think, you you know, that's one you can't skip. It's one that really deserves a lot of airtime making the galaxy bigger. Show something new, show a new place, show a new fighting style, show a new like lightsaber whatever design like a new like thing it's like that's i don't know this did a, a great job to just of just I, making the galaxy bigger in a long ways i mean a new directorial style a new yeah you know I mean, angles or whatever i would argue they all do that right i think this yes. is why it, I, we talked a bit about soft air like anime is not my thing and i completely respect it and love the geek culture surrounding it and i have tried since I helped my father buy a good stock of anime videos for our video store. Like I was, I was a teenager helping my dad buy like the, the quintessential anime things. <laughs> he's like, I really need you here, son. Yeah. He's like, finally <laughs> your nerd nerdness will pay off. And it did. We had that really great section in the video store. And I you're would, like, you're like berserk. Yeah. You just scroll Akira. Um, Akira. Ghost Akira. In the shell. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Michelle, yeah. yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Princess Mononoke. You, you, you named it. For, yeah. Yeah, for all the exactly. Design. And and <laughs> I would dutifully take them home and watch them. And it just it never clicked for me for whatever reason. Right. Like, and it's not a judgment thing. It's just like, you know, we all have our certain things. 
And so when this was announced, I was so excited for this, for what it meant for Star Wars and Star Wars fans. And from a personal level, I was like, I'll watch it because I watch everything Star Wars. And some of these worked for me. Some of them didn't. But man, do I love the swings taken? And it all feels like Star Wars. That's no matter the ones I didn't even love still felt like they got what Star Wars was and yeah. and did that exactly. Ben, I'm so glad you mentioned that pillar because that's the one that kept going through my head yeah. while I was watching this. They all we'll honored the what came before. Soon. Yeah. 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 Did, you like, did you like the Animatrix, Adam? I did. I actually yeah. did. Uh, yeah. Very similar. Yeah, it's very similar because, again, I enjoyed it. It, was, it, it expanded the world, right? Without yeah, feeling I, I would so... argue they're different. Yeah. I would say the Animatrix delved deep into the canon and basically I... just was like an index of lore oh, for the matrix whereas so, this is is canon adjacent or you know it's it's new it's a new, basically new canon within each story that's a really good point because i think i love the animatrix because it it expanded the world like you said like i think i watched it more for what it was telling about that world right and i think i watched these and shocking maybe it took star wars anime for me to start enjoying anime <laughs> right. but like I, I watched these out there i met them at where they were coming from right like even like even like tob1 i'm sure we'll talk about at some point which is the most like it's astro boy it's a very anime it's a very specific type right. of anime i still watch that one like this is a star wars story it's super weird the animation's fascinating but i'm like it's still a star wars story yeah, it reminds me of an anime uh, anime called uh, Metropolis. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Mm. I know uh, of it, but I don't to think find. I've seen it's it. It's very difficult to find. Um, it's probably streaming. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then obviously Mega Man, Astro Boy. That, that yeah. the T Ob one is a fun one. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's. I mean, obviously the Elder. I could I could quote the Elder over and over again. There's just so many great quotes from Tajin. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of but, um. Yeah. Bygone energy off of uh, Tajin. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. After our big uh, Qui-Gon episode uh, two weeks ago, but um, yeah, definitely. I was like, oh, this guy's very Qui-Gon. Yeah, I just love the line, you know, uh, as I grow weaker, you'll grow stronger. And then uh, and then, you know, the I think the apprentice is like, well, I stray from the path or something like that. And then he's like, just remember your training and your kindness. And I was like, yes. I was yeah. like, wow, that's it. That's Star Wars right there is. Yeah, that it, was yeah. the goodness. That was the yeah. light that was needed in need. Of. It is yeah. so Star Wars. And yet something that's never been said before in Star Wars. Right. Like, I thank you, Grant, for saying that because I forgot that line. Because I remember watching it in that line. I actually yeah. actively got choked up by that line. Me too. Because yeah, I'm like, that is, effective. that's the Jedi, right? Like, it's kindness. Perfect. And it's something we don't talk about in Star Wars. Je the Jedi are kind, right? Yeah. Like, that's such an important thing that we don't think about. Yeah. And then David Harbour, of course, delivering these lines. It's it's an awesome episode. I loved this episode. Yeah. I mean, uh, very tough for me because I loved The Village Bride as well in terms of just yeah. the cadence, the rhythm, the score, the dialogue, the animation. I appreciate right. you trying to move this forward, Grant. But I got to go back on this kindness thing for a second because it connects to the Qui-Gon thing. Yeah. Right. Qui-Gon is so kind. I think about I always think about to me the moment of Qui-Gon, not to make this two episodes ago, is with uh Jar Jar mm -hmm. and basically trying to teach Obi-Wan to be kind. Right. Yeah. There's that moment of right. just kindness where where they meet each other and you know, who's this pathetic another pathetic life form, right? Says Obi-Wan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. It's a lesson in itself for Obi-Wan. Yeah. yeah. And the audience and yeah, anyone mm -hmm. watching. Now we can move on. <laughs> All right, my turn. Um, no surprises here, probably. I my 
my favorite other than the two that you just mentioned was uh ninth jedi yeah that was my yeah. yep that was my <laughs> other time for first yeah, yeah. And, and this one i've i've only sort of cursorily glanced at uh like the socials on star wars uh after this because i didn't want anything to get spoiled and so but i've i have seen this one's gotten some traction people are mm. are looking at this like is there are they going to make a series of this is it going to be a thing I, uh, I, I call this one juro dreams of jedi <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice um sorry to totally this is, this, yeah. this is also very uh much and we haven't talked about this but grant like has mentioned and, and adam as well uh, a lot of ideas about uh future projects what they could be and I, but I think it was Grant. You were mentioning for uh, Ryan Johnson. You were like, he either needs to go super far in the past or super far in the future. And here we get an episode that is super far in the future. After the Jedi are gone, gone, like none, no lightsabers, no Jedi, like yeah, no organization. It's gone. And I mean, I guess there was probably times during the the age of the Empire um, where people thought the Jedi were gone as well. Um, but there was probably a lot more than now they're like the technology's lost in the whole galaxy, that sort of thing. And uh, is this not post fall of the Jedi? I thought this was just post. It's hard to say because they said um, this is I think in the right if, intro, she's the, if Tara is the ninth Jedi, don't you have to count like Yoda and Obi-Wan? And No, she's the ninth Jedi to join that party at that um, that were invited there. Do you want me to? I have it running. Do you want me to read right. the? Yeah, I guess the, you're right. Uh, I, well, the, I, I was assuming they weren't Jedi at the end, but all right. Yeah, I guess you're no, right. No, they weren't, but it's, yeah, it was a fun. I don't know. That's how I interpreted it. So, I know, that makes perfect I'm not saying I'm right. That's how I interpreted it because there was seven there, and then the eighth was Masahiro, yeah. the, the main yeah. dude. And then, um, and then the ninth was the girl. That makes so, sense. the opening narration says many generations have passed. Uh, since the light of the Jedi protected the galaxy. Right. Um, since then, an era of war has arisen. Now, it could be interpretation, but if you think about that, if we're talking about, like, there's only a generation that passed between the between the fall of the Jedi and, and Luke coming into being, yeah. and then maybe another generation between Luke and Rey. Not many generations, right? So, yeah. Ben, I took it similarly. I'm like, if you're putting this in Star Wars, it felt like this is far flung future. Yeah, we haven't I seen thought this it was time yet. After, yeah, you know, Ray comes back and his Empress, um, and you know, defeats oh. the chest and does all that. <laughs> using this is like using hundreds of yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is past our episodes, uh, 10, 11, 12. Twins. 10, 11, 12. Yeah, look yeah. back. There's a great episode where we actually write a great, um, sequel sequel trilogy uh so it's well I, that's the way i i looked at yeah, it i guess I, technically it could squeeze in there um and just be some far off place um sort of trying to find i only themselves. watched it the one time so i didn't really you know I, I just i think it was the longest episode of all nine episodes so i just yeah. watched it the one time but well, um, it, it yeah was, i'll watch it again I'll just, i just i forget where it was set it, it, it's a that's full clear. star wars movie like yeah. complete with the intro scene and the intro music yeah. You're like, you know, you're out in space and then you go down there and then, uh, you know, the galaxy gets bigger. There's an asteroid catching trebuchet on the yep. ground that propels like claws <laughs> into space yeah. to grab asteroids, presumably to farm kyber crystals. Yeah, guys. to mine kyber crystals. Yeah. Yeah, because I think the castle of um, I'm sorry, I need to get this guy's name right. Juro. 
The Margrave. Oh, Margrave. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, the Margrave. With the Margrave. Yeah, it's like the Margrave's castle. Um, and we need to get into the fact that he is like a cracked dome, but they can all still breathe. There's some bad, I, like, yeah. really I mean, well, bad science in some of these. The, if you let the twins get away with it, what, the, what that episode I don't, does, I'm I don't grant. I don't let the <laughs> the twins get away with that. And I and I didn't notice it the cracked dome until the second time I watched that, and then I was like, oh. For some reason, I noticed it immediately. I'm like, huh? Well, force. I, yeah, I don't I'm know. haunted by. There's my also dad. a kyber crystal that like immolates a guy, like a guy just like yes. is ignited on fire. Well, that was cool. Because <laughs> he cracked the crystal, but the crystal's like the crystal's it's a massive like... crystal. It's just like you <laughs> don't crack me, I crack you. Oh, Ben. Can I fix the cracked dome for you real quick? Do you want me to like my my brain cannon? So think about this. When you're in the Death Star and you look out, right, and you see in a hangar bay, it's the the the, uh, force fields are are you can't see them. Relatively transparent. So what they did was just put a force field up. So you still have the cracked shell, but there's a force field. I know, but I kept looking for that force field and couldn't see it. And I feel like (laughs) in the like original trilogy, you can kind of see the blue glow. Nope. But yes, not unless something hits. That's it's, obviously it's just an what it was. Yeah. An you're welcome. This is what I do. Then it's not I a orbital cannon. temple. Thank so you. It's there's still oxygen. They're just like upper upper atmosphere. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> it would yeah, be called I the orbital temple too. if it was. <laughs> yes. I know that. I, I know, but they'll seem to be doing fine. Um, I spent the 1990s training for this. <laughs> so you barely got past the first two minutes of this episode. You basically paused it. And did some physics on a whiteboard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I hear you. But the transport droid, like they were so cool, and the ship oh. flies in through that little crack. Comedy. There's there's not much comedy in any of these. These are pretty all no. pretty heavy. Yeah. And like they they took the time to do a comedy beat with a droid. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. Very Star yeah. Wars. Yes. Yep. And yeah, I mean it's a whole thing. There's just like you know this really grandiose uh preamble before that like would be great on a um scrolling screen mm-hmm. and then um you know then you're back down and you have you, you have the like space temple and then you're just with farmers and there's simple lives they get disrupted by people in helmets and it's just like they need to take off into space like it's just in in like whatever 17 minutes or whatever it was it, like it hit all the beats of a star yeah. wars and like they did it in one act and like they want you know three acts in that time um and they did it very very well it, it I mean it was engrossing you definitely want to see more of the story um there's so there's another great lightsaber moment in here i mean this is about lightsabers which yeah. is like total like fanboy like ben at any age is like <laughs> in on lightsabers um and like the the story of it and then so they tweak it a little bit and he makes it so that instead of the crystal dictating dictating the color it kind of does in harmony with your force powers it's sort that was of so cool arms. that was such yeah. a cool little device narrative device. yes yeah it was it, i i love that um i know that's not really current canon but there's something beautiful about that like i love that you have to be like in yeah. sync with your lightsaber crystal like that yeah. feels that feels star warsy to me even though i know yeah. that's not the way that works doesn't that feel right it's not the way it works yet, Adam, but like hundreds and thousands of years in yeah, the future. It's a good point. It totally could, which is like, you know, that's well, great. Right? I mean, you have Sith making their lights, having to make their lightsabers bleed or make their kyber crystals bleed. Right. So maybe yeah. we get to that point. 
it's got the whole like killers in disguise who done it thing going on. So like when the lightsaber ignites and it's it's a red or blue, like you learn someone's intentions. It was such a fun device. Yeah, it was and so were great. you too shocked by that moment when the light red light? Yeah, I thought it was. Super I fun. really I was, was too. Super fun moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was oh, like, oh. oh. Oh, Ben, I'm so happy because so many times I feel like we have a discussion where either one or two of us is like, yeah, I saw it coming. But I'm so glad that yeah. you two are on the same page as me because I just was like watching this going. It, it, Star Wars doesn't often do this, right? They where I had a jaw-dropping moment. Like, yeah. They what? didn't seem like Sith to me. They seemed no, like Jedi. Like yeah. entirely, like fully like Jedi. Um, I also loved this episode kind of sanctifies lightsabers again and kind of like adds some sacredness to lightsabers. Yes. Like they never yeah, say yeah. laser sword or take them like treat a lightsaber lightly in this story. It's, it's yeah. kind of injecting that, that I, I feel like that mysticism it's, back into the yeah, lightsaber, exactly. making it, making it an Arthurian sword again. It feels like a relic. Making it something. Yeah. A relic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that. that. That was great. And then of course the beautiful kind of opening image of the asteroid. And the asteroid that looks the temple that looks like a saber hill, and then the closing yeah. shot, the end, the yeah. final image. Yeah. Like <laughs> Great, it was just it's all like lightsabers. Poetry yeah. rhymes. Yeah. It, it's like a it's a, it's a tone <laughs> poem. Uh, but no, but I, I think what's amazing is of all of the stories, I feel like this in again twenty minutes tells a complete Star Wars story, hits every element. You even have like a redemption arc. In yeah. this, for one of the yes, characters, you do out of nowhere. Like you have a Vader moment in this you, thing. So, did you guys? So, the second time I watched it, um, that sick that character name is it Juro? Is that Juro? Homan. Homan is the oh, one he's purple, purple at the end. Yeah, okay. I'm trying, I'm looking at all the names right now. I don't see Juro's the Margrave. That's Juro. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, Juro Margrave. Yeah, um, I don't see yeah. Ho- Hanbei. Oh, Homan. I see Homan. Yeah. Got it. Um, but so when I, I didn't see it the first time because it, it happens when uh, Homan and uh, Kara uh, cross swords and her sword turns bright green all of a sudden. Yeah. When that happens, his lightsaber turns purple. Mm. Which is yeah. like like he's moved by this like girl like coming of age as a Jedi. Like it, it was kind of cool. But it, it happened then. Jedi. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Then, I didn't notice it happened right at that moment. That's really right. cool. And then there's like two or three more fight sequences where you see Homan and swinging a purple lightsaber. And I didn't yep. notice. It's like just a little off. And then like the third one, like when it's over and he's like whacking at that, that poor kid with the uh, blue lightsaber. Um, Ethan. That's when, yeah, Juro is just like. Bro, you're not fooling anyone. I mean, that Juro that, reveal, the Juro reveal. Guy. Oh, that one was amazing, too. Yeah. The He's droid inside a droid. <laughs> His suits on. That was, the, I think, the that, that was the best misdirection in the entire piece is this character with this ominous message to meet at this place. He's wearing yeah. these dark clad armor, uh, dark robes, uh, looks like a Sith, you know, in every in every way. Oh, yeah, and has then, a robotic. Yeah. And then yeah. uh, then he appears out of this droid, seems sinister. He ignites that saber that we know will be a certain yeah. color depending on your uh, uh, ethics, your morals. And uh, boom, it lights up green. You're like, whoa, like, this whoa. guy is a Jedi. This guy's like a full on Jedi master. And, and it even had like a corona purple. around it. It had like this yeah. halo, which I was like, oh boy, that means extra superpower. And great. You had mentioned this um, kind of in passing, but, but, but I want to go back to this. Like, this is a form of storytelling we've never seen in Star Wars before in live action where you can use 
lightsabers as as a way to very quickly reveal. Like, I, I, I again, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm like putting a fine point on what we're already talking about. But I think just the revolutionary way to use lightsaber ignition yeah. as oh, a way like this. How have we genius. never seen this genius. in any yeah. movie before? I guess because we know who our good guys and bad guys are. But imagine if you would have a moment in a Star Wars film where a character ignites it and it's red. And, and it's you're like, like, oh, that's a Sith. Like we thought it wasn't a Sith. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, we need that in live action storytelling at some point. Like, that's amazing. Like in a High Republic thing. In the that's Acolyte. Thing. Use yeah. that in the Acolyte. Right. If that's the new like if that was the new physics or a newly introduced physics in, in anything, it, it, I mean, it, or like going forward, those beats would happen all the time. It would just be like, yeah. oh, man, like yeah. every time someone touched a lightsaber, you'd be like, is it going to be red or is it going to be, you know, another color? But imagine if they use that in the acolyte. You have like four episodes where you have these Jedi. Right. And and you see them doing Jedi things, but they don't ever use their lightsabers. And at the end of episode four, you see someone light ignite their lightsaber and it's red. Right. And at that moment, you realize that character is the Acolyte, is the Sith, right? Like, you just didn't know of all these characters who is the Acolyte. Right. Yeah, Maybe fun. you ignite a red lightsaber and it says MAGA on the side. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also uh, got... Um, happy and sad at the same time. <laughs> we got some great voice actors in this episode, too. I think yeah. um, Simu Liu of um, Shang-Chi, he is, uh, mm-hmm. he's voicing... La Shima, the Sabersmith, which where is the Sabersmith simulator, guys? Like, where is that right? video game? Like, all I want to do is all be a Sabersmith in some remote world yeah. where I can practice with a remote droid. I can maybe there's some fun little multiplayer, you know, yeah, uh, gameplay with other Sabersmiths. Uh, yeah. and, <laughs> and then maybe someone, yeah, maybe like, a Sith comes to your like farmstead, like. Yeah. every now and again like a random encounter type thing and yeah. then that's it and then just build sabers for the rest of the time and you unlock different yeah. sabers that's it that's the game yeah. design it's really oh, yeah. not a complicated game we can make it yeah. yeah. we can make simple. a multi-million dollar <laughs> ipad game right now i know uh, it's just crazy. i just want to put that out in the, in the world and hopefully it manifests because there's a random a, like rancor stampede and you have to fend them off with your lightsaber <laughs> yeah well i mean even if for the vr application it'd be incredible but oh, i just yeah. loved yeah. the sabersmiths like the forge i loved everything that lashima's kind of workshop was just awesome and then kara can we talk about kara as a fighter like how awesome those oh, fight yeah. scenes were when she's yeah. flipping around like she's flipping around like yoda or like yes. palpatine like it was cool to see um I've been waiting to see, like, you know, Jedi's do, do more flips and things like that. So anime is the perfect space to do that in. Absolutely. Yeah, her fight, her whole character was great. I loved um, the uh, droid as well. Um, and I'm looking for that name. Right oh, now. Four Nines. Great four name. Nines. What a four fun nine. name. And the is design of the droid. <laughs> it's a 49ers. <laughs> the Niners. SF or Lucasfilm is. Oh, yeah. The four yeah, Nines. Maybe. He he looks like a thermos uh, with yeah. arms, and uh, yeah. but like really great touch to all this. Um, and then also they... also is Kara a homage to Kira, the kind of main protagonist mm-hmm. for the Lucas sequel Here trilogy? Here we go. Here we go. Is there is there a little homage work there implied? Maybe sure. or because or, she yeah. definitely had had uh, Ray vibes, and it was yeah. Like, I sensed that she was yeah. like the next kind of hero for the, the hero's journey you know of any of some kind i mean again was, sent away and seeing her yeah. parental figure yep. kill like yeah. it, it's just it, it, this is such a wonderful remix of star wars yeah yeah 
felt like the beginning of a monomyth for sure. Mm-hmm. The, the whole start yeah. there. And then to go, it ends with a nice cliffhanger of, hey, we're going to go find uh, Lashima. Yeah. Uh, wherever, wherever he is. Uh, a so. generic call to action. And then you already have your ensemble cast put together. And it's just like, off yep. we go. And like, I think everyone who saw that episode was like, I, I want to know what happens next. It's really funny because I, I, when I was watching this, I knew that they were releasing a novel about one of these stories. But I couldn't for the life of me remember which one. Mm-hmm. And at the end of most of these, I'm like, oh, it must be this one. Right? Like, like at the yeah. end of this one, I thought, oh, it definitely has to be this one. And it's the first ones we talked about. But so many of these leave in a way that I want to know where these stories go. And there's no word, not to jump too far, there's no word on, on where where this is going, if anywhere. Like, this is might be a one-off thing. But part of me really hopes like we just get this anthology series, right? Of just yes. anime stories and just keep doing these every yeah. year. Dude, yeah, all, out, of, all... out of all the episodes, this one felt layered. Like it, it actually yeah. could move on to yeah. be oh, another it's... episode or another movie of some kind. Yeah. I mean, I'll do you one more, man. I think like Lucasfilm should consider contracting other, you know, directors from anywhere in the world. I mean, if, yeah. If, uh, I would love to see any of the creators of these. Well, I mean, I won't say that. The, the ones like I really would love to see would be, you know, the three we've talked about and Village Bride. Uh, just give them the reins. Cast all Japanese people. I don't care. Like, use a whole Japanese crew. Do it in Japan. Do it wherever you want to do. Like, do it your own yeah, way. Yeah. But like, you know, vet the story. Make sure it fits in with your overall like canon thing if you've got to do that. But I would say bend them, and then. Um, you know, like just why why wouldn't we have like a whole like Japanese arm like with an entirely different cultural view on it? I, I think it would be awesome. It would be cool to see a live action Ronin, like some you know leading actor, Japanese actor, take on yeah. the role of uh, Ronin samurai, but you know set it in the Star Wars galaxy. You know, yeah. give it that Star Wars flavor. Um, yeah, bring that to life. It's the perfect story to bring to life. And to, I, I agree. I think expand the media in different ways. I think this, the, the, the expansion into anime has been hugely successful, but yeah. it's, it just means move into other territory, find new, uh, mediums and find new, new ways to put out content. That's going to be, uh, offer new perspectives. Cause I feel like star Wars is super subjective and I would love to see what other people around the world think of, of star Wars and, yeah. you know, what they want to see in Star Wars and, and in Star Wars storytelling, because it's like it's just offering super fresh takes, and I'm loving it, all of it. Um, yeah, this this episode especially was like just awesome in terms of the narrative device, like we talked about the sabers, the, um, the character work. Obviously, love all the characters. Um, hopefully, hopefully they make action figures from some of these characters. Like I would love some Black Series figures from the. Having a little connection issue there, Grant, but um, I think you were probably going to say the robot from uh, the duel. I mean, the droid from the duel, which was amazing with the hat and um, other action figures. Juro. Juro figure. Oh, the Juro figure. Nice. That'd be sweet. Speaking of fate, um, I adored the the village bride. Did you guys... I really want to talk about that one. Yeah. Um, that one really, I, I thought, was a standout in terms of just animation, uh, soundtrack, again, the score. Like, 
the music that plays right off the bat in that episode. And then when we get to planet side and uh, just the music that's playing, when you meet that a Velco, that kind of, I guess he's like a Jedi wanderer, this sort of like, um, like retired Jedi, right? What, what was, he was kind of a, also ex- a cartographer as well. Is that what his name was? I think it was Asu. I'm pretty sure. Um, I could, I could have yeah, I think, was, uh, uh, Asu. Yeah, I thought it was Asu. ASU, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Are we no, sure? that Asu is actually just the uh, the groom, I believe. Of, oh. Um, oh, it's an uh, alpha. Uh, I was the, hoping it was appearance, dude. I'm like looking at a thing. I was yeah, like, certainly Wikipedia will save my butt, but I don't remember. I mean, that, Asu, though, was played by Christopher uh, Sean, nice. uh, who was uh, who played um, the main character, Kazuda, Kazuda in, in uh, Star Wars Resistance. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Um, but Velko is voiced by the legendary uh, Kari Huyuki mm. Tagawa, who's obviously Shang Chung, uh, Shang-Chi, I mean. Oh, not, um, Shang Tsung, sorry, from um, uh, Mortal Kombat. Yes, that's right. Uh, yeah, so uh, he, just an incredible job voice acting here. Like, uh, really fit the, the Jedi mold beautifully. I uh, would love to see him live action. I mean, he's an incredible actor. And uh, the voice work was just yeah. awesome here. That was a standout character. In the vocoder, that character gets like a bucket helmet that basically yeah, has like, this vocoder. Too. And he yeah. sounds so cool off the bat. And then when it kind of like it's mechanized as well. So when it like folds back, you hear his like, his, you know, his natural voice. And uh, uh, that character is just so cool. He's basically like exploring like a cartographer, exploring this, this world. And uh, and the people of this world actually can like utilize the force and they are connected to the force and the planet. And they call it uh, Magina. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I had yeah. read it, I, I mean, would have called it Magina. <laughs> I mean, it's that's how I read it initially. Uh, subtitles when I watched yes. it muted one time, but um, nonetheless, uh, the, the people are connected to the magina of of the planet, <laughs> and it's essentially the force. And yeah. uh, they can like recall, they can basically create like vortexes and of like force memory that like appears to everyone around them, and like the Jedi see this. And I, I, again, our main character, she wears this mask. Um, I don't know if we ever got her name, but in like the, uh, in the credits, I think her name is F. Yeah. F. And yeah. Um, yeah, voiced by Karen. Letter uh, just an incredible, incredible voice work here. And she sound like this is the Jedi character I want to follow. This poised sort of um, Jedi kind of guardian, this, this kind of swift fighter Jedi who's also just one with the force and kind of uh, akin to like the 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 nature of the force and the living force. Cause you get a sense of her master Epps master in this, in this story. And, uh, there's like flashbacks to her master's death, but also, um, uh, the, uh, Velco character tells her this world was like, uh, her master was like rooted in this world, basically. Like he, yeah. he had been there before he or she, or, um, they, the, the master, um, her master had, had, been on this planet before and uh it had some history here and i thought that was really cool and so loved that part and again the action but i, I don't want to steal the thunder what did you guys love about the village pride well i love the mystery because uh yeah. it told a story but it left a lot of like questions lingering in the air and i thought that was really cool um the the description of this s- describes f as a fallen jedi yeah, I saw that. Yeah, which is puts her in really elite company, 
we know she's wearing a mask for some reason and um falco doesn't really believe it suits her and like she's trying to run away but she has a padawan braid but then she cuts it off and becomes a jedi yeah yeah and uh you know there's a lot going on there that is not said um in a really fun tantalizing way um and like what is valco's whole story too like he's and he's clearly on so you know I liked it because he looked like a sound guy. He had like his sound mixer. <laughs> yeah, he did. And I imagine you, you think that, it's a like, Jedi too. It's kind of like a subversion. You know, like he pulls yeah, up this yes. like rod right. like device. Right. Like oh, it's gonna ignite a saber, but it's a, probably a microphone. Instead, it's some sort of like yeah, like a detector Recording. of some kind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's probably a cartographer. That's a that's a good uh, call on what he is. I I thought he was just like an environmentalist. Like he just studied the environment and he was just gathering information. He's just like a learner. Um, yeah. which is a, would be a really fun new category of uh, people in Star Wars in the galaxy. Just people who like just travel and explore and like experience new places. Like, wouldn't like, you want to do that? Wouldn't people do that? Yeah. Like, that would yeah, be the thing, right? Explore yeah. new worlds, new civilizations. Yeah, for fun. Like a, a way seeker meets like a sentinel so, or something yeah. for listeners i just snuck in the opening phrase of every star trek se- series ever we heard you adam and, and the reason i did it. that is because <laughs> this this episode which i really enjoyed is about the mid distance between star wars and star trek as you can get oh boy which is not a bad thing. I enjoyed this idea because it very it seems also like a very Jedi thing, right? To observe and see what's going on before jumping in, right? To see what's happening. I um, mean, the Starfleet yeah. and the Jedi aren't uh, aren't very different, you know. At the mm. end of the day, it's uh, you know they're both looking to for the betterment of yeah. surrounding star systems yeah. and one just based on uh, science when you're when you're based on when religion exactly. Yeah, well, I I would say there's some Jedi who do all delve deep into science and technology and gadgetry and of the like but like yeah i don't again yeah some of them are just believers in in the force and that's kind of what what drives them but uh yeah they're at at the same time it does feel star warsian in like that he's monitoring the planet and that they're monitoring these people from like you know the outside and sort of thinking about whether to get involved or not and what that means but i also feel like it's just like he leads her to this dinner, like the basically yeah. the wedding, and he's like, and he's like, now here's what here's the diplomacy that's about to unfold. Is there's this war band and this warlord that's taken over the planet, and they're gonna seize these people. Like, what do we do about it? And like the, the dilemma, the like the moral dilemma is like presented immediately, and like they're Jedi. Like at the end of the mm-hmm. day, yeah. F is going to do the right thing, and uh, and F. she proves to do it. And it's it was such a powerful story, and. I think, but again, I don't want to. I don't want to brush by this. Uh, she has these force visions throughout the story, and I think it's like the best, some of the st- best force vision storytelling technique I've seen in a long time in terms of just like uh, past few years. And just because it's like you basically get the glimpse of her master's death, and then I think later on, like when she's talking to the 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 bride who can use the the force basically she sees like a red saber like and you see like the you hear like the red saber squeal and it just like it was just haunting and it was like it was just a smart way to use i think force vision sort of flash forward prophecy yeah. sort of stuff 
is just have it like in characters who have the force like they can have like migraines and keel over like they can yeah. get heavily damaged from like cerebral and psychic sort of things and psychic yeah. occurrences and so it's like that's that's so that's so fun to see and i would love to see more of that in the live action we allegedly heard darth sidious's voice in this did you guys catch that uh no i i did not it's in all the credits there's like a darth sidious heard only yeah i, I think, think it's the red saber i think that moment because something yeah. loud happens there and i didn't really invest i think sound. if i read sort of the clues um she had like a vision of luke skywalker fighting darth vader like in the throne room in like return of the jedi hmm. uh, out of like nowhere <laughs> i don't but, remember that but that sounds i mean the visions are like Maybe that's why she quit the order because she saw the vision and was like, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. They're only a few frames. Like it's quick bursts kind of. Yeah. uh, Um, The mesmerizing story and like, again, hit all the like Star Wars points, did all the like, all the major pillars there. You have the Empire and you have ancillary characters and people, you know, Jedi helping people. And then these really fun ancillary characters and, you know, this. And much like Akakiri, it kind of riffs off a like story moment we've seen before, or like a kind of a plot moment, uh, which is like the kind of holding the seat, the blaster bolt like midair, like catching. Oh it yes! Like we right. saw that in the Force Awakens, but then this this kind of riffs on it, in that it's like the warlord is about to take out an innocent person, uh, the sister of the bride, right. and uh, and the Jedi uh, intervenes in such a cool way too. Just the way that they do, they re- relay speed in this and how quick mm-hmm. yes. this jedi is and fleet-footed this jedi is it's like that's i think what this episode does so well it shows just how fast a jedi is and and how they can you know <laughs> turn the tables she has, yeah she has like rocket high heels too did you like yeah. see that it was really interesting i don't know what it did but like her like high heels transformed like a like you know uh starfighter would to sort of get into battle mode like she locked her x you know s foils into attack position but it was <laughs> and then and then just like covered a lot of ground she needed that boost dude she needed that boost that boost she was like <laughs> bam gone and i mean that was awesome i loved her lightsaber design as well Yellow lightsaber, so same yep. as well. right. Yeah, uh, but it was razor thin. It was like real katana. I love it. Like they played with shapes um, in all these different episodes of the lightsabers, and this was a great one where it was like, no, this one's razor thin, but it's like it's a katana replica saber, and she used like the classic samurai fighting style. One like one move, one cut, bam. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, they... uh, and just love that moment where uh, I think before she strikes, she's like, you know, uh, she has this like awesome monologue where she's like, you can change like the river's flow by casting a stone, but live in harmony with nature and you'll change together. The people uh, of the world know that well, you know, that the breath of life becomes wind and will always respond. I was like, and then she like yeah. strikes and I was like, this is some what? beautiful poetry. I was like, yes, more of this. Uh, I would love a Jedi just to be like kind of uh prosaic and and just talk in sort of like i don't know iambic pentameter or something like i, I would love a jedi just to be like super bard like and this almost poet like i wouldn't mind in the high yeah. republic or something someone just come around who's just like this poet jedi yeah so it's, it's, such, it's really such fun. deep dialogue that hit me the last time i saw yeah. it it's like whoa it just punches you in the chest and like fantastic dialogue and yeah just 
Yeah. I mean, I, I could only hope that every Jedi would be so profound. I mean, that's what sort of like baited us into this, right? Like the mystery of the Jedi, what are they? And um, they must be this really, um, you know, mystical, powerful source of energy in the galaxy. And uh, yeah, and almost like validated like the living force is like mm-hmm. the force you should focus on in this in this uh, short. It just felt like this was a living force kind of piece of like connecting to the natural side of the force instead just, of the cosmic. The elder felt almost cosmic, and this kind of felt natural and like the living force. Absolutely. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. It connects back to, to Qui Gon. Yes, <laughs> right. Indeed. Everything everything connects back to Qui Gon. We should uh, get going uh, and keep talking about some episodes here. Let's. Uh, I think we might need to speed around these next ones. Yeah. Or else this is going to be a two-day podcast. Yeah. Uh, but uh, why don't we talk about um, the last episode that was there? Because we've been talking about it. Uh, Akakiri. Oh, Akakiri. Come on. That, that episode... Again, riffs on a moment we've seen before, which is like the fall, a Jedi's fall. But I think yeah. does it in such an organic, kind of naturalistic way that uh, I, I think it's worth paying attention to. Like just the way this Jedi falls in this in this story is yeah is very compelling. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's really it. Like it was it was a really poetic fall. It was heartbreaking to watch the whole thing because you just you know you could empathize with all these characters see it happening in slow-mo and um and you know you're hoping for the best for the character and then it ends in tragedy i mean right. of all the beats and this is what they ended on which is like crazy but of yeah. all the beats like they chose the fall of anakin skywalker star wars beat to like riff on and do something with and uh it was a fantastic story and like really fun to watch but like after like the emotional roller coaster of these episodes was so fun and then they just like and then the roller coaster crashes into the ground. yeah it definitely <laughs> definitely ends on a bummer yeah and then the dark side wins in the end you know but you don't get that that i kind of loved that though i thought that yeah. was the sort of that's that that's a fun way to end thing because it's uh you know the light has to respond or answer and so you know that there's the next story is coming just around the bend like, I love that. I love kind of ending with the dark side. Yeah. But uh, right. I love the villain in this piece, Masago, the sort of uh, voice by Lorraine Toussaint, who's just mm-hmm, incredible mm-hmm. Um, actress. And uh, and the, her voice work is inc- like just so bellowing and, and menacing and just such a fun character. Uh, and really great fight between her and the, uh, the Jedi, yeah. uh, who is just wearing like this straw hat. It looks somehow. like kind of like a farmer like Jedi, this guy with the straw hat. I, I don't, yeah. um, I forget his name, but, uh, Senshu. I, uh, I loved the art. No, Senshu's George Takai. He's one of the, uh, yeah, the George... guides, the guides was, uh, George. Yeah. Takai. Sorry. Which George was like, Takai. so, uh, hidden fortress, right? The beginning of this one, right. Yeah, extremely yeah. hidden fortress. And, uh, Kamahachi, right. Is the other, uh, like, um, character guide. Guide. Yeah, yeah. Those those characters were hilarious. They're like the comic yeah, relief. Absolutely. Sort of yeah. Drifters. Um, so it's either Haru or Subaki then. Yeah. And the art. I mean, like the artwork, uh, the art style in this was gorgeous in terms of just how many frames are, are drawn and how fluid the motion is when we go into like the character's eye pupil at the end there. Like yeah. that was wow. Like really breathtaking visuals. Just the fight and <laughs> the really kind of quirky 
strange ending where he kind of like falls and like walks away and like a mm-hmm. ship just like it was a great like samurai jack like just like wind starts like hitting like like it just like uh you know like exhaust from the engine starts like pouring through the door like and hitting her and then like the ship takes it like flies away and i was like that's hilarious i was like okay this is a <laughs> hilarious ending to this story <laughs> um, i love that that it, it just beautiful art style altogether but um i love twins too that the art style there just how fluid how how like it was just willing to take like leaps and bounds away from conventional sort of like storyboarding and just like have people like flying over the frame and you know going far away and coming closer with perspective in such a fun way like that twins actually was like a really fun and then to v1 was also yeah like it's the the art style the fluidity yeah it was definitely different yeah twins was uh really cool aesthetically again the science part of that one just like tripped me up i'm like they're out of space on <laughs> the top. suits were cool though the armor was yes cool. yeah again they like sort of took the lightsaber and like converted into armor right? it was also commentary on like the sequel trilogy too right like it was like the whole dyad kind of yeah totally yeah also the i i will say the thing that threw me off the most about that was the voice acting for the english cast it was it was a uh, doogie hauser <laughs> Right, yeah, dude. Yeah, Neil Patrick that. Harris, and then also yeah, Alison Brie from Community. That's so right. I was just like, that's the one where I'm like, I need to start paying attention to who's voicing these because that's the first one where I really noticed the voice acting of 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 people I I know or recognize. We also get Joseph Gordon-Levitt in uh, Tattoo Tattooing Rhapsody. See, I didn't catch that because I had to go back and check the that. Jam yeah, band I, can we talk about Tattooing Rhapsody for a second? Because sure. That's weirdly a dark horse favorite of mine of, of this series. I I thoroughly enjoyed that, and I don't know why. I just I it has, I, it has the most heart. I feel like. yeah, it had a lot it of heart, a lot of heart, yeah. a lot of fun. There's um, already like a meme online of people wanting um, uh, Stinky from uh, the episode with Ahsoka, the like baby. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Uh, to grow up to be um, that that hut there. Uh, what's his name? Geezer, they just call him Gee, but his name's Geezer, right? Yeah, so it's like a bromance, Joseph Gordon Levitt, Bobby Moynihan kind of vehicle, and it's awesome. And we get Tamora Morrison voicing, yeah, like yeah, baby Boba Real. Fett. And this, this like... was the second episode, and it was like <laughs> Boba Fett in your yeah. face. Like, what I think, I think that's why I enjoyed it because it's it's really a whiplash it's in this. I, whoever programmed these episodes were really thinking about going from the duel to, ta- to Tatooine Rhapsody. In a lot of ways, they're about the two polar opposites. I think yeah. maybe the only more of a whiplash if you did T.O.B. 1 after the yeah. duel might have been the biggest Then, then you'd just be like, where am I? And one of yeah. This one, they're just like setting the stage. It's like, you're going to get a lot of different stuff. And, so and that helps. Yeah. At five yeah. minutes into like tattooing episode, I'm like, all right, we're gonna get a lot of different things in this in the in these yeah. nine episodes. But then they like really like you know towards the end they really bring the heat with like a lot of great like love that during the montage when the band is playing the bits like are like watching. Yeah. The... Oh really? With it? <laughs> yeah. the modal the nodes are like yeah. never... <laughs> they're watching they're like, again. Like, what is this pop punk? <laughs> Having spent many an hour in the old Star Wars Galaxies game as an entertainer, I have a soft spot for the entertainers in the nice. Star Wars Galaxy. Yeah. 
Uh, this is like the ultimate entertainer, like end goal. Like this, yeah. like playing for Jabba and then like Jabba sparing you. This is like a climactic. I, do you do you remember in the old canon the 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 different like I think it was like tales from, um, the tales from they had like tales of the bounty hunter right, for right. but that for Return of the Jedi it was tales from Jabba's palace, and they yeah, had yeah. this amazing short story about um the band and how much they were indebted to Jabba. Well, and I, I always think of that short story. It's a really fun short story of how they're all just the basically indentured servants to Jabba because of bad betting. Bad game. Yeah, I feel like we covered that where you get like you get like full on backstory for all the yeah. modal nodes players or whatever. That was <laughs> hilarious. We got, yeah, we got a lot of modal nodes in um from a certain point of view too. That's, That's right. right. We did. Yeah. yeah. Um uh, that's a that's a great that's a great catch. I mean, there's so many Easter eggs. We're gonna be pulling them out forever, I think. Uh, we didn't talk about it yet, but uh, Lapanocho. Oh man, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. cool. Uh, really really fun planet. Like, uh, and, and and super cool like sociopolitical ramifications like with the the empire and with this business. This kind of. I'm I'm also what the business like... was. What what was the business? I forget. Altogether, oh, I don't. Uh, they were just like, like a, some they were just like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it must have been. Um, I forget mm. what exactly what they were, but they were like smithing something. They were yeah. like an industrial contributor. Uh, yeah, this this it touched hit on really. Yeah, point. This there. hit on a a thing that we haven't really put into the pillars. I mean, we have family maybe as pillars, but I almost feel like adoption. Oh, orphans like orphans. Are, I mean, right? Orphans, like, period. I, yeah, orphans. Period might be a pillar, right? Like even think about like everything. Solos and like Han and Solos an orphan. Jin is an, orphan. an orphan. Like they're all orphans, and this hits on this, right? This hits on orphans and adoption, and like I really connect to this in that terms of family. like it, it, yeah, so much. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like it just really hit on that one of those core components of Star Wars. It's really interesting, like of all the like, I mean, it's a great way to talk about family and what is family and what is love and what are constructs like, but yeah. like of all the, that's what just hit me watching this. And it was, I loved the episode, but I was like, I was like, man, they really, of all things, they really hit the like orphan button a lot. Yeah. At yeah. Lucas. They do. And I mean, granted, it was like, yeah, I mean, Luke Skywalker was an orphan, right? He was the first. Yeah character like main character and whatever but yeah there's they're everywhere and i mean i guess orphans are everywhere in a galaxy this large and this dangerous probably a lot of orphans especially yeah, post-war I mean, I mean carried all the way through mandalorian <laughs> the mandalorian's an orphan and so is yep. the child yeah <laughs> right like the whole that whole series is about orphans and adoption right i mean technically every jedi is an orphan yeah yeah that's true yeah, in a really horrible way that we don't want to look at too and, closely. And you get, you get a yeah. great moment in this story where basically the father is like, you know, even though I took you in and you're not of my blood, like you are my daughter. And like, yeah, I, you know, and like just a really touching moment uh, that I love that I feel like in a Star Wars story, if you're going to introduce an orphan, at least allow them to find like a home base somewhere with someone. Right. It's kind of I think that's key. Yeah. And I think you get that beautiful kind of emotional arc here in this yeah. story and devastating when the. uh the sister decides to side with the empire and yeah. 
you're it, the politics there were fascinating. I don't know if you've read Hidal, Pablo Hidalgo's propaganda book, but like there was a lot kind of I thought there's a lot of connective tissue there in terms of the messaging from the empire That's... and the stability and all that kind of stuff that they they offer all these kind of benefits that they offer, but then it's secretly, you know, a, a scheme for control. I, I, yeah, I think we need to do this as a pillar. I, there's an entire episode in this because now I'm thinking about like rejecting family, right? Look at like, look at yeah. Kylo, right? Rejecting family, mm-hmm. create, making himself an orphan. But then you get to someone like Ray. I mean, the entire sequel trilogy is all about orphans. And like Ray, every single episode <laughs> of the sequel trilogy is about Ray trying to trying on another parental figure. Right. Yeah. yeah. And as an outsider who's like written some sort of my own sort of uh, Star Wars kind of fanfic, you could call it. Uh, I've always started with orphan characters just like yeah. innate, innately. So it's like, I don't know. It just, it's inner orphan Star Wars yeah. is incredibly powerful in terms of uh, being emotionally compelling. You can basically, uh, ascribe yourself, you know, onto the orphan, like reject perfectly onto an orphan because uh, you yourself feel lost at times. Like it's the underdog, you know, it's the character that doesn't have a tribe, you know, it's, yeah. it's I think it's just a, it's just a really poignant, powerful human sort of character. You're right. I mean, that's really talking to like social orphans, right. Which we've all felt. It's like, yeah, absolutely. everyone is searching for their identity at some, at uh, like a really base level where yeah. what, no matter what your age is, like you need to identify yourself and so sort of amplifies a- the hero's myth in a lot of ways. Like the hero's journey is just amplified slightly if like you're also discovering yourself like along yeah. with the story itself. But I think you need to that's... fully discover yourself. And I think that's I think a, in a way, Star Wars storytelling could evolve in, in that department where it's like the character, I think. I think the original trilogy is just so good because the discovery Luke's discovery of who his father is and all these kind of beats are just like so integral to the yeah. actual real time story. And it's, it's the orphan kind of finding their identity as well as going through a world and changing the world's identity. And I think that's what star Wars does so, so well. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like I, not to pull us way back to when we read through Joseph Campbell, but I just, I just grabbed the book from my library yeah. But like, is that what Star Wars added to the hero's journey is I feel like the hero's journey. They get lost along the way. And in a lot of ways, what Lucas started is added is they they're start lost, lost yeah. right? They, they, they start, they start as lost characters. They don't get lost yeah. and they get further lost and found, but they start as lost. They start as not having a family. Yeah, that's true. Inside. Yeah. Really true. Um, all my free time, I kind of want to re. You guys got so profound again. on me. I was like ready to be like dropped at law. Well, anyways, a- in that episode, it's like it's not. It, I wouldn't say it's like delves deep into the hero's journey in that episode. I would say it's more of this sort of um, political strife with the sort yeah. of the, the. It's kind of the company new ownership sort of storyline with within a company is kind of what I felt. It was yeah. like who's taking. Control of this, this uh, kind of family business in a lot of ways, yeah, and who uh, inherits the yeah. the business, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, that, that was cool because it felt like a robber baron sort of like turn of the century industrialist kind of like story. Um, uh, but obviously, with like it, it, it was the first episode to really like delve into like the empire and the politics of the empire and the takeover of the galaxy in a fun way. Um, 
and so to that i thought it was cool and then the lop character is awesome like i really love that character it's like jackson it's the same species as jackson it's this rabbit sort of um character leppy uh, is the species leppy yeah. leppy that's yeah, leppy. Yep. leppy yeah uh so cool to see that like actually take shape in an anime i have more characters more leppy characters in the mix like let's see it let's see a leppy in live action like even walking around the background like solo is the perfect place to do it like do I mean, why not like who yeah, cares like get crazy in the background yeah just get like a yeah. bunny in the background realistically do you think we get through the next rotation of disney plus live action shows meaning like season one of book of boba season three of mando ahsoka without seeing a leppy in it I think you might see a Lepi and Andor just like in um, right? like whatever rebel like, kind I, of like hideout. Gnarled Lepi. Yeah, just a Lepi. I want to happen. see a Bothan in Andor. I'm dying to see a Bothan. Yes, can we see a Bothan already? Or yeah. a Rogue Squadron. Yeah. Um, Live action Bothan would be amazing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they were oh. running. They were the chancellor. That the chancellor of the New Republic in the old EU was a was a Bothan. Like, come on. Um, I want to talk about uh, TOB one a little bit. Yeah. We should. We absolutely like we, should. We yeah. raised over that one. I mean, so the animation style was a little bit different than the other ones, uh, but the story was, I thought, amazing. We had this conversation, uh, a really like in-depth conversation about could droids sense the force, and I thought it was really cool that like that esoteric question we asked was actually answered here, and they're like, "Yep, the sure like, can." You make the right droids, they are, they can sense the force and use the force. And uh, I mean, that in and of itself is a revelation. Um, I mean, again, it's not canon, I guess, but like, holy cow, like what a big swing that was there. Um, I thought that was really that was really it, great. And it, it is something storytellers have been playing with in the Star Wars universe. So it's it's going to end up being recanonized at some point. You know, because right. in the old EU, there was a great short story. I think it was one of the comics where the uh, the red um, astromech. Yeah, um, R5. R5 um, becomes force sensitive. Right. Sees what happens if Luke takes him. Like he has this force vision of the was... galaxy falling. Yeah. And so then he overloads his motivator. <laughs> Yeah, himself. to destroy I, himself. I think, I think yeah. that is canon. Actually, that's I, that story came from uh, from a certain point of view. This is the certain point of view He's, story, right? Yeah, this uh, is I mean, it was an old. They may have recanonized it. It originally started in a comic in one of the Star Wars yeah. comics. But yeah, I think you mentioned it when we covered that um, episode. Was there was an there was definitely another story about it, but uh, I'm pretty sure it was canonized in a certain point of view. Because yeah. that, that's why he intentionally, definitely intentionally blew his own motivator to be like, Ugh, okay, like this guy's got to do this. And I've got to be, you know, subjected to whatever I'm subjected to. And so then now, now, now Peli Moto owns R5, right? Like, from yeah. 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 She has R5 now. Correct? So it all, all's well that ends well. You know, she's taking care of R5. <laughs> um, um they, yeah oh. that was that was pretty much the biggest like one i mean grant you would i don't know we had all talked about that um oh tob1 was really really fun to watch just yeah it was so cool when the uh, the sort of uh um scientist's character is revealed to be a jedi i thought that was such a fun reveal 
Uh, I didn't yeah. see that coming. I thought because really they were such an expert, you know, just like we talked about we, we, earlier, the Jedi kind of are basically, basically more of a sort of kind of religious organization than they are scientists really, or like people yeah. of, I don't know, the mathematics and science. They're, they're definitely right. more of these sort of he like. He was a terraformer. Which is kind of an interesting thing. Yeah, but. so you wouldn't think it was a Jedi, like, right? Like, that's kind of where I was thinking. And then suddenly he uses the Force, and you're like, oh, cool. He is this sort of Jedi master in, in hiding who's built this this droid uh, kid, this Astro Boy, Mega Man kid, uh, that uh, uh, basically can use the Force and wield a lightsaber. And not only wield a lightsaber, but it's just like a s- supremely good fighter. Like, it's it's really cool to see the, the combat scenes, the action moments. Yeah, the script were awesome. So I swear I was listening to all this, but I have an R5D4 hot update. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So from a certain point of view, it's so much darker than what the old canon was. The old canon was that he becomes force sensitive and destroys himself for the good of the galaxy. And from a certain point of view, and now I'm remembering this from reading this, R2 sabotages him. Oh, no. (laughs) R2 hacks him. And is like sorry. and makes them blow up. If you sk- long story short, he actually does survive that. He gets repaired and has a long right. and healthy life. But like in that certain point of view, R two basically tries to convince him to let him be yeah, the one who's like, chosen. You gotta help me out. Is it? And, is it? And he does it, and then that, sabotages him. <laughs> isn't it canon that R two is like incredibly vulgar and like dastardly? Like isn't? Oh yeah. I mean, isn't there, my doesn't have, there's an edge to R2 that I oh, yeah. think, like, people well, undermine. Like, he's the bad boy of Star Wars. He's the most foul-mouthed character. He is. He's, he curses more than any other character in Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, that's... Um, that but he was also, at that point, fully, like, indoctrinated by Darth Vader slash Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> I that's mean, true. you know, before he was like, oh, do Vader, and he was like a lot of potential. R2's just been trying to get Luke watching, and yeah. Vader together. That's, like, what R2's yeah. mission's been the entire time. He just wants to see the chaos. It's like reality TV for him. Right. You didn't just see the scene of- after, like, Return of the Jedi when, like, Luke goes away. R2 rolls up and just, like, kicks Anakin's body and is like, <laughs> you see what happens? You see what happens? <laughs> we need our Harbinger of Chaos shirts, our R2. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was all a long con of R2 to, like, kill Vader and, like, Anakin <laughs> for betraying him. R2 brought down the Jedi. Yeah. Well, he brought down the Sith. It's all That's for sure. It's all yeah, he, he's bringing he, he down was everyone. a good soldier for the Jedi. <laughs> I, I think, and we digress. Anyways, I think we uh, covered this somehow in an, a million hour podcast, just nine episodes. Um, it was fantastic. I'm going to rewatch these a million times. It was just yeah. like, it was like, I don't know, breathing air after being submerged in water. I don't know how to like explain it, but like it salved my soul just getting these new stories and these new perspectives um, it was so fresh and so fun and yet so at its core Star Wars. Like, I want more of this. Yeah, I don't care totally how echo that. more, more. I echo that and agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really, really refreshing to watch these yeah. stories. Yeah, man. It did so many things. We were like on our wish list, you know, for, uh, you know, whatever. And we're like, oh, well, this is boxed in this corner and this is boxed in this corner and this time period. And this was just like a free for all. It was just like. Yeah. And um, and I think the galaxy needed that, uh, the you know Lucasfilm, all the Star Wars fans needed that. So, very true. I don't want to be greedy, but man, do I hope we get more. 
Yeah, no, I'm going to be greedy. Why not? Oh, yeah. Uh, final, our final um, votes for which episode you'd like the, a movie of. Okay, here we go. Ooh, All right, final votes. So tough Adam. now. What? Adam, go. I have to go. <laughs> I. Putting you on the spot to buy myself. All right, I, I'm going to change. I got to go to Ninth Jedi. Yeah. yeah. Then I'll go the duel because, right. I mean, the Ninth Jedi, obviously. I think would would be my number one. Normally, would be like that. That's it. I, I have to know how it. You're you're allowed works. to agree. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm not gonna. I'm All gonna right. go I, because you both actually talked me into the duel. Um, I, I I loved it anyways, and I I always thought like, wow, I want to see. It's like to me, that's like the gunslinger, like Stephen King's a gunslinger, but in like Star Wars, like entirely mm. different like story than the Mandalorian. Like doesn't need to be virtuous at all. Just like needs to like hunt Sith, and like only he knows where all the Sith are and hunt right. them down. And because he's like stacking them ten high, which like yeah. people didn't even know they existed. <laughs> like there's all these Sith out there, or like you know dark side wielding Jedi, and no one knew about him. And he's like, I know about them, and I'm gonna take care of them. It's like a you know a Nazi hunter or something like that. <laughs> um, I love that storyline, and I mean, come on, that animation. Yeah, it's amazing. It. It's my favorite. I mean, we I are getting a, we are getting a manga of that. Like, we are getting a long graphic novel yeah. of of Ronin. So I will buy it. I said, can't wait to watch it or like read it. But like, I need like infinite hours of that and like more animated storytelling. And since Adam, since so you said good. the Ninth Jedi, yeah. And Ben, you said the duel. I'll say the duel. I'm going to say uh, the not not exactly the title, the Village Bride, but the character, the main character in the Village Bride. I think that character has legs. I think that character yeah. could do something episodic or even a movie. Uh, that F F the female, the uh, the lead. Oh F. That, okay. That, yeah. That, I let you meant the bride actually. But... No, I I, I love <laughs> that Jedi. I think that Jedi could go on to be yeah. do more stories, much like that. We're wandering yeah. and it, very ominous that like she's being tracked and. Uh, at the start yeah. of that, where she's like, I have to be cautious wherever I go. Like that was that was really fun storytelling. She seems like a Jedi on the run almost. Sure. Uh, really, really cool character. Yeah, I would yeah. happily take any of these. Yeah, of or these. the El- the Elder, I think, is going to happen. I think because there's going to be live action or animated higher public sooner or later. I hope you know, fingers crossed. But that seems to be the next evolution. So I think, like in a sense, we're going to get more of the Elder because we'll get some uh, I mean- higher. Story. I wouldn't be surprised. The amount of things they keep adding into the higher public, which only must be based on how successful it is. Like, I, yeah. it was supposed to be like some novels and then a comic book series, and now they're adding on comic book series. They're adding in audio stories. They're adding more novels to the series. So clearly, it's successful for them. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get something right animated or live action for sure. Yeah, they, I think they wanted that to be the outcome here, but they had yep. to sort of like test it, and if it fizzled, it fizzled, but I don't think it's fizzling at all. I think it's... No. Um, all right, we did it, y'all. Uh, fun podcast. If you're still listening, thank you so much for <laughs> going on this long path. Um, uh, obviously, you enjoyed Visions as much as we did. Uh, it's such a great new, you know, experience of Star Wars, so Thanks very much for listening to us. We truly appreciate it. Um, Talk to us on the socials. Um, And uh, you know what? We'll be back next week with more awesome stuff. No idea what we'll talk about, but it'll be great. Um, Thanks very much again. And uh, may the Force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. 
Thank you, and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. Yeah.